From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. All I want you to do is land a project and get a check in the bank. Today on episode 80 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Amy Rasdell. Amy traded her corporate job for consulting 15 years ago and makes more money than most executives. Today, she helps consultants build their own businesses. Stay with us to hear all of the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Amy Rasdell. Amy traded her corporate job for consulting 15 years ago and makes more money than most executives. She works and plays every day. Amy founded Billable at the Beach, to liberate six-figure earners by helping them build six-figure consulting businesses. Amy is passionate about helping others find the freedom and flexibility to live the life of their dreams without sacrificing the career they've spent so long building. Amy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, David. I'm super excited to be here today. I'm excited to have you on too, because I know we're going to have a good conversation. Amy, why did you transition from employment to consulting? Well, I didn't set out to do it. It was an accidental transition. So very briefly, I am a Silicon kid. I grew up around technology and startups, and my long-term career goal was to be a startup CEO. So I was on my path to getting there. Several years in, I was doing a startup, and we went gangbusters and we built like crazy. And then we hit that inflection point that sometimes happens to startups where we crashed and burned and we crashed and burned quickly. So I found myself out of work. I actually laid myself off. I knew that we couldn't afford me anymore. So I let myself go. And I was at the time, although our startup company had crashed and burned the job market was good. There was plenty of opportunity out there. It was not a recession or a down cycle or a global pandemic. And so I was setting out looking for my next executive position. I had lots of action, but I was mature enough in my career that I really wanted to make a good choice. Cultural fit, Uh, values, content, what the company was doing. So I really wanted to take my time. A consulting project fell into my lap. I was not looking 20 hours a week for three months. And I thought, huh, this is perfect. I'll bring in enough money to pay the bills and give myself the time and space to really make the best next choice. Well, David, I got four or five weeks into that consulting project and I said, cancel the job search this is the life. I'm now a consultant and I have never looked back. I love it. Amy, do you think that the environment for consulting is different now than it was 15 years ago when you started? I think that in some ways it's easier. I think it's become since the last 15 years, more of a gig economy. Now, I don't consider myself as a high level, you know, six figure consultant. I don't consider myself a freelancer or really a gig worker. However, all that's more acceptable. Technology has come a really long way. I made the decision early in my consulting career more than 15 years ago that I wanted to work mostly remotely. But the internet still wasn't that developed. 
We didn't have Zoom. So all the tools and technologies have come a long way that help us. And I think companies in general are more accustomed to people coming and going and using experts. I think the millennials, which I'm older than a millennial, I think the millennials have had an impact on on kind of how companies view resources and expertise and so on. So generally speaking, I think it's become easier. And the market, I think, is rich. With that ease, though, has perhaps come a little bit more competition. And so how does that greater competition play out for high-achieving professionals that really want to make consulting work, especially when they're first going into it after a long corporate career as an employee? Yes. So I think a lot of us get started accidentally. And I have the privilege of speaking every month at an outplacement services firm, Lee Hecht Harrison. Some of the folks out there in the audience may know it or even have received services. Very quickly, outplacement services, if you're liberated from your corporate job, Oftentimes you get outplacement services to help you find your next job, polish up your resume, your interviewing techniques and things like that. So I see a lot of people who are transitioning and I see a lot of people who get into consulting accidentally like I did. So I think now if you want to be successful and stay successful beyond those first few accidental projects, you have to get clear quickly about what you're really offering. And the way I like to describe it is being a consultant, what I do and what I teach is being a superhero with superpowers, making super pay. So the sooner you can focus in on your superpower, the better off you will be. Now, I want to make one quick caveat there, and that is you don't have to stick with that superpower forever. It may evolve, but this concept of superhero, superpower, super pay is really the right context and mindset to start out with and get into that pretty quickly so you don't hit the bumps and pitfalls that you are guaranteed to hit if you stay in accidental mode. Mm-hmm. And um you know, on this show, we have featured a lot of people that have wanted to go into consulting. There may be a job loss that has triggered the timing for them, but it's something they have thought about for a long time. Yet, at the same time, they have a great deal of difficulty with what you've just described with this superpower, superhero, super pay concept. It's hard because... Many of us are a point in our career where we've moved quite a ways up the ladder. We have a significant many years of experience, a lot of education. So zooming into a superpower is difficult. So what I like to work with people to do is I have a quick little, I'm a very process oriented person. I'm an engineer by background many years ago. So I like process. So a quick little process. What I want people to do if they want to zoom in on that is first put together a little what I call a value proposition or your elevator pitch. What is it that you're the best at? And you're kind of looking for that intersection of what am I the best at? What do I really love doing? And what does the market really value? So you can kind of picture three three circles that intersect and you're looking for that little sweet spot. So 
just get something down, kind of go with your gut and instinct. This is a time when done is better than perfect. Get something down and then reach out to three to five of your business colleagues or friends. Give them kind of an idea of, hey, I've been liberated. I'm going into consulting. Here's what I've put together. What do you think? And again, you're looking for that intersection of what you're really good at, what you love doing, and what the market values. Because if what you're really good at and what you love is not something that anyone will pay for, we don't have a business. And you'll be amazed at how much just that little informal iteration a couple of times through that, and you'll come out with something really good. Then you start out reaching out to people, offering your services, and over time, then it will evolve. And that's actually an exercise that I go through probably every, you know, 15 years in, every couple of years to kind of refine it, the market moves, my skill set evolves to make sure that I'm really in that sweet spot where I'm kind of maximizing passion and pay together. How far into your business did you start using this process? Well, I spend way longer than I should have in the accidental zone. (laughs) So when I talk about through our conversation today, mistakes, things that I should have done differently, I know these things because I didn't do them and I've made all these mistakes. So even though I had all this great experience and training, I wanted to be a CEO, I did not in the early days treat my business as much like a business as I should have. So I really didn't do that for two or three years in. Then I really started putting things in place because that accidental phase, the the economy was good, kept me busy enough. It was a big mistake though. And so once you started using this process, was your offering different than what you had been doing and getting paid for? Yes, because as you start expanding your outreach beyond the people that already know you, it has to be focused and believable. So from my point of view, I really am a high-level project manager. I've been an engineer. I've been a marketing person. If you have a problem, okay, I have an overflated, inflated sense of confidence, which probably makes it very easy for me to think of myself as a superhero, but I really think that I can solve almost any problem. But nobody's going to believe that. So I really need to focus on a niche and really focus in on something that the market wants. Because with that first kind of pitch, it really is your elevator pitch. It's that hook that that leads people to want more within your sweet spot. So that's really what you're shooting for. And once I started doing that, my leads, my proposals, the amount of uh, business that I closed, how much money I could charge for it, really took off. Mm. And w- what was the f- that first offering that was a game changer? For me, I realized that what I I am very good at getting things done. The executives set the programs and strategies. I come in and focus on implementation and execution. So as I looked at what I was really good at and what the market needed, there are many consultants out there who do strategy work. I've made a strategic decision never to mention the word strategy. And there are very few people out there that are really good at getting it done, implementation and execution. 
So I found my sweet spot of what I'm really good at and what the market really needs. And it takes a little work to get there, but every single person who's out there thinking about it and listening to it, every single one of you has something that the market wants. And I want to make a comment along that line too. I think sometimes people coming out of the corporate world are a little bit reluctant. And as you start to moving into your business outreach, and I'm going to mention the selling word because it really is selling, even though that's scary, you feel a little bit like you're imposing on people. You're not. The world out there really needs your skill and your superpower, you are helping people by getting yourself out there and letting people know what you can do for them. You're not imposing, you're helping. Yeah, that is so true. So fast forward to today, Amy, is what you were offering back when you first made that that shift earlier into your business. Is it the same, somewhat different or very different than what you offer now? Well, so I have transitioned away from myself doing hands-on consulting fully over to, and, and it was a transition billable at the beach. So very briefly, how I even started billable at the beach, as opposed to my core consulting practice where I consulted for corporate clients, as I started really revving up my outreach, networking, marketing, business development, every time I did outreach, and launched a new effort or initiative along those lines, I would get a few people who would come back and they'd say, you know what, Amy, I don't have a project for you, but I've been thinking about being a consultant because so many people have. You seem to really love it. You're doing really well. You're very successful. Can we talk? And I would say, well, sure, we can talk. Well, I'm a very diligent, organized, process-oriented person. It's you know the strong engineering piece that comes out. So I would think, what do I love? What do I hate? What do I wish I would have known? What would I do differently? And all these people kept asking. So I started to accumulate a body of material on how to do consulting. And it was very clear there was market demand. So about 12 years ago, I launched Billable at the Beach, which is a program that helps people start their own consulting business. Um, First, it was just kind of a side one-on-one program. I started doing speaking A couple of years ago, I discovered the online world. I'm embarrassed to say I had never listened to a podcast. I had never seen an online teaching platform. I mean, I was kind of on Facebook with my high school classmates, a few friends. I didn't really understand that whole world, but I discovered it. And so I've taken it all online. And over the last few years, I've moved almost completely into Billable at the Beach, which is helping other people. I don't do um, outreach anymore to land um, corporate consulting projects. I can occasionally be talked into it by (laughs) a project that I just can't resist. So I do a little bit still, but I'm mostly focused on Billable at the Beach and helping other people be able to do what I do. Right, which is a really great example of how a consulting business can evolve and how the intersection of what you really love to do, what you're good at, and what the market wants tells you where your business should be. It's so important though, David, that that everyone, if I had to pick the three of those that's the most important, I would pick what the market wants. 
because sometimes that's hard to focus on. We get so caught up in our passions and our interests. And this assumes that I'm assuming that you want to do consulting to make money, not that that you're at a point where you want to just volunteer your time. So if you want to make money, it's very important not to lose sight of what the market values and will pay for. Yeah. Well said. Now in 2021, what do you see as some of the major shifts that have taken place in the last year? Because the whole way that professionals work worldwide has taken a major shift in the last 12 months. Yes. So of course, everyone now, not everybody, but everyone has at least had some amount of time of working virtually. So it has really catapulted this whole world. Now I've been working virtually for more than 15 years and now everyone has joined me. So for me, that transition wasn't such a big change, but we've seen the technologies and everything really leap. I believe that all of these changes are going to make companies even more interested in consulting. So not so much the technologies, there's more comfort in that, but everyone is going to need to recover more or less economically, business-wise, otherwise, as the world finds its way out of this pandemic. And um, happily, you know, the end is in sight. It's still hard to say exactly when it is, but it's really going to, every company is going to be thrust into a situation where they have to catch up and they have to catch up as quickly as they possibly can. And I have not lived through a global pandemic before, but my consulting business did survive the great recession of 2008. And so I'm going to, I'm taking that, that recovery experience and assuming that there are going to be at least some similarities. So as we came out of that, the market for expert consultants took off like crazy because superhero superpower as a consultant, you come in hit the ground running, start making a contribution immediately. And that's what companies are going to need. I think there's going to be kind of a pause. Sadly, for people who are at a different level in their career, there's going to be a little bit of pause on developing people. There's just not going to be the time and resources for that. So the opportunity for these experts to come in and really hit the ground running and make a contribution, I think is going to skyrocket. Exactly when I think it's going to differ by industry sector, a little bit by functional area. And then none of us can predict exact. I've I've given up trying to make pandemic recovery (laughs) predictions because they none of them seem to be correct. But at some point we are, and it's a little hard to predict the pace of that, but we know for sure that it is going to accelerate. There's no doubt about that. And so it's a perfect time to start thinking and positioning yourself to take advantage for yourself and to really make a contribution. So what's one thing somebody who is just beginning as a consultant can do to prepare for this opportunity so that when it arrives, they'll be in really good shape to both help clients land business and do great work? 
So the thing about consulting is it's really easy to get started. For any of us who went to business school and learned Porter Five Forces, <laughs> um, barriers to entry are very low. Here's what you need to get started in consulting. Spoiler alert, you already have all of them. You need a computer, a phone, brain power, and business experience, right? That's everybody who's out there listening to us today. So be thinking about how easy it is. And I really like to tell people, if you're sitting there thinking, okay, I want to start this business. This sounds good, Amy. I love this idea. If the idea of starting a business is energizing and exciting, then I'm all in. However, if you're like the rest of the 90% of us, and that seems overwhelming, I don't want you to get all wound up about starting a business. I want you to just think about all I want you to do is land a project and get a check in the bank. Sure, eventually you need websites and photo, logo, all of the incorporate, all that stuff. But you know what? You don't need to do that right away. The first thing you need to do to be in business is generate some money, land a project, get a check in the bank, and then worry about all those steps along the way. So we've already talked about putting together your pitch, your elevator pitch. I'm talking about just one paragraph. Don't agonize. Done is better than perfect. One paragraph. The next thing I want you to do is think about who all would love to have your services. And here's who it is. It's everyone you've ever worked with. I don't care if it was 15 years ago, you find them on LinkedIn or some other way. LinkedIn is a great resource to find people that you worked with 15 years ago. You may be thinking they don't remember you. Of course they remember you. They sat in the cubicle next to you. They remember you. They'll be delighted to hear from you. They'll say, what are you doing now? So you put together your pitch. You make the list of people that you're going to tell everyone you've worked with, everyone you currently work with, your estate attorney, your car mechanic, family, friends. And and again, you're not imposing, you're making your services available to people who might need them. And then you go ahead and start in that outreach. Now, what I have people do is start by just doing a big, just reach out via email. And what you're doing here is this is hot lead generation, right? You are reaching out to people who already know you a little bit. They know you do great work. And what you're looking for is someone who has a project that's appropriate for your skills and the budget to pay for it. So this is a little process that I've been teaching since the beginning of Bill at the Beach, so for more than 10 years. And what I've found from teaching it so many times to hundreds of people through speaking and workshops and all the stuff that I love doing is out of every hundred people that you reach out to, you will get three to five people who come back and they say, hey, David, I think I might have something for you. And out of those three to five, odds are you'll close one or two. So it's a really simple process that gets you to that all important land a project, get a check in the bank. And guess what? Now you're a consultant. Mm -hmm. The math is pretty simple. Yeah. And if you reach out to two or 300, then the odds go up. And this makes the foundation of my 15-year business development process. I have been doing this 
about once a quarter, every quarter for 15 years. It's a great way because there might be someone out there who hasn't needed me in five years. You know, now I'm many years in and they say, oh, I was just trying to think about who could help me solve this big problem that I'm in my in my company thinking about. And then my email crosses and they think, thank goodness, this is the answer to my dreams, right? That Amy comes along, she can do this thing. That's what you're looking for, a hot lead that you can really close quickly and get to work. Amy, this is such great advice. If someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed today or access any of the resources you have, where's the best place for them to go? Yes. So you can find me at billableatthebeach.com. My main social media platform is LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn. And I just talked about the three steps that you do. So I actually have a name for that and I call it three action steps to generate revenue now. And if you go to my website, if you just type in billable and beach, you'll find me. I am in San Diego and don't we all want to be billable at the beach? So I have a free email course, three action steps to generate revenue now. And if you go there, it will pop out at you. So if you're sitting there thinking, wait, what did she say? What did she say? It's all there. And you can you can find that. And it really is a simple process. Any of you can do it. And it works very well. Sounds great. Well, Amy, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo and share your experiences and your insights. My guest today has been the founder of Billable at the Beach, Amy Rastall. Thank you again, Amy, for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been great. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learned how you can build a six-figure consulting business and much more. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.